0: Malpractice insurance premiums can be pricey. In fact, they're one of the top expenses for a medical practice today. This is why we are so adamant that providers shop around, compare their options thoughtfully, and work with a knowledgeable agent who can keep their eyes on the market to ensure that you're always getting the best coverage at the best price. But once you've been given your quote for coverage, is that it? How negotiable is your price? Well, today we're going to talk specifically about how to reduce your malpractice insurance premiums. In this highly complex world of medical malpractice, there are some levers that you can pull and others that you can't. Stay tuned. Welcome to Malpractice Insights, the show dedicated to helping healthcare professionals understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. My name is Jennifer Wiggins, CEO of Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. All right, let's jump in. When it comes to determining how much to charge for your malpractice insurance policy, The underwriter is looking at a variety of factors. First, your specialty. The underwriter is carefully considering your training, practice experience, and the procedures that you will be performing to determine what class best fits your specific risk. Second, the underwriter is looking at your practice location. Carriers use rating territories, which are usually state and county driven, to price coverage based on the claim experience in that particular area. Larger metropolitan areas tend to be priced higher than more rural areas, but each state is different. The third thing that affects your malpractice premium is the policy type that you choose. There are two types of malpractice insurance that you can buy, claims made and occurrence. Claims made and occurrence policies are priced differently, so your rate will be determined based on which type you choose. If you are quoted a claims made premium, your rate will also take into consideration any prior acts or retroactive exposure that the carrier may be covering for you. Occurrence premiums tend to be a bit more expensive on an annual basis. Understanding claims made and occurrence coverage can be a little confusing, so for more information on that topic, click the link in the description for this episode where we'll do a deep dive into the differences between these two policy types. Okay, so we've got specialty, practice area, and policy type. Now the fourth thing that an underwriter is looking at are your policy limits. Generally speaking, the higher the limits, the higher the price, which only makes sense. It's important that you carry the appropriate amount of coverage, not too much and not too little, in order to make sure that you're paying a fair rate and not leaving yourself unnecessarily exposed. And finally, the underwriter looks at your effective date to determine how to price your premium. Carriers file their rates on an annual basis, and sometimes those prices change, So, depending on when your policy renews, you will be charged the rate that that carrier currently has filed for that specific time period. For example, if a carrier changes their rates effective today, and your policy's effective date is tomorrow, then you'll be subject to those new rates, since your effective date falls after the date of the change. Compare that to a doctor whose coverage may have started last week. He will not be the subject of that rate change until his policy's next renewal. Once the base premium has been determined, the underwriter may apply credits or debits to modify the premium to more accurately price the exposure. There are two types of credits that an underwriter can apply to your premium. Discretionary credits and non-discretionary credits. Non-discretionary credits are automatically applied to your premium when you meet certain criteria that the carrier has set forth. It is not up to the underwriter's discretion whether or not to give you these discounts. These credits are filed with the Department of Insurance in each state, and if a doctor meets the criteria to receive the discount, the carrier must apply it. Some examples of non-discretionary credits are part-time credits, loss-free or claim-free credits, leave of absence credits, association or membership credits, and risk management credits. So if you have told the carrier that you are working part-time, they must apply the filed credit for a part-time discount. If you are going on maternity leave and you meet the criteria for the leave of absence discount, the carrier must apply the credit. Discretionary credits, on the other hand, are special discounts that an underwriter can apply to your premium based on their discretion. There are still parameters around how much credit they can apply, but with discretionary credits, an underwriter can reduce a doctor's premium when they feel that the risk deserves a lower rate. Here are some examples of situations when an underwriter might apply a discretionary credit. If you've been insured with the carrier for a long time, you may earn a loyalty credit. If you're doing something that doesn't quite fit into the traditional classification structure and the underwriter doesn't have the perfect way to price the exposure, they may apply a credit to your rate to better reflect the true risk of what you're doing. If you have been in practice for a long time and you've had an excellent lost history, the underwriter may apply an additional discount for you being a better than average risk. If the carrier is worried that they might lose your business, the underwriter might apply an additional credit to lower your price to entice you to stay. And if you are practicing in a group and the risk is performing well, all members of the group may earn a discretionary credit to lower their rates. It's possible for doctors to earn both discretionary and non-discretionary credits on their premiums. Here's an example of how this would work. Let's say we have a plastic surgeon in California, and their base premium is $40,000. Now let's assume that our plastic surgeon has been in practice for over 10 years, and they have never had a paid claim against them. According to the carrier's filed rates, this doctor is eligible for a 20% non-discretionary claim-free credit. Let's say our surgeon is also a member of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, and this carrier has a program with the ASPS giving members 5% off their rate. This means the doctor would qualify for another non-discretionary credit on their premium, lowering their rate further. And finally, let's say that this doctor has been insured with the carrier for over 20 years. They've always paid their premium on time. They are an excellent risk, but they have decided to shop around to make sure that the current carrier is still the right one for them. In this instance, the underwriter might give the doctor another 10% discretionary credit to encourage them to stay. This brings the total premium down to $26,000. Malpractice insurance carriers do have a maximum credit threshold. They can stack credits, but they are subject to a max credit restriction. So you can't get a part-time credit of 50%, and then a loss-free credit of 25%, and then a 10% risk management credit on top of that. Each company is different, but you'll usually be capped around 50-60% to off in total credits that can be applied. Most malpractice insurance carriers are not going to go out of their way to make sure that you're getting every credit or discount that you're eligible for. It's important that your agent is working on your behalf to get you set up with the right policy at the best possible price. Many carriers use auto renewal programs, which means if your policy hasn't had any losses or if the underwriter doesn't have any particular reason to review it, it will automatically renew with the same terms year over year. And while this is convenient to a certain extent, it also means that there's nobody really looking at it to see if anything has changed or if you might be eligible for any new discounts. We once worked with a doctor who had been with the same carrier for over 20 years, and after going to market for him just one time, we found that he had 30% in credits that he should have been receiving for years we recommend that you shop around for malpractice insurance every three years. At the three-year mark, it's a good time to reassess your current policy. See what you like about it, what you don't like about it, what has changed in your practice, and take a quick look at the market to make sure you're still paying a fair rate. If you're not already working with an agent or broker, do your homework to find an agent that specializes in medical malpractice has experience and knowledge in your state or region, and has access to the best carriers available. Your agent can then bring you quote options from competing carriers to give you the chance to review and determine if your current policy still fits your needs, or if you might want to make a switch. But while it's important that you do go to market regularly, please don't go overboard. There are some common pitfalls when it comes to shopping around that we want you to be aware of so that you're not sabotaging your efforts. Let's take a quick look at those next. First, you need to be aware that shopping around too often and hopping from carrier to carrier can sometimes cause problems. Malpractice carriers keep a record of submissions, meaning they keep track of how often doctors reach out to them to request quotes. If an underwriter sees that you've asked for a quote every single year for the last five years, they aren't going to take you very seriously. It's like the boy who cried wolf. They don't know if you have a genuine interest in working with them or if you're just a constant shopper. The result of this is that you may not get the best possible rate, or the carrier may eventually choose to not even offer you any more quotes. Similarly, if you hop from carrier to carrier every year, it's going to look bad to the market and you'll have a harder time finding a carrier that wants to work with you because you've commoditized your malpractice insurance. Second, remember that malpractice insurance is much more than just a simple piece of paper to get you credentialed. And if you're only concerned with price and not about value, such as customer service, excellent defense, risk management education, and other important benefits to your medical practice, then you're being short-sighted. While it's important to make sure that you're not overpaying, it's equally important to make sure that you have a quality insurance policy and a solid company that will be there to protect you in the event that you're named in a malpractice claim. And third, you need to be aware that shopping around too much may have an effect with your relationship with your broker. In fact, they may simply tell you no. Since your agent is the one representing you to the various carriers in the marketplace, they need to make sure that they're doing what's best for you. But they also need to maintain good standings with these carriers. The last thing an agent wants to do is burn a bridge with a carrier because they frustrate the underwriters by shopping around way too much. It could result in them losing their appointment with that carrier and no longer being able to work with them in the future. So for your agent, they have to be very careful how they engage when it comes to shopping around on your behalf. It's a delicate balance between being proactive for their clients and going overboard and getting a bad rap. A good agent will guide you and give you recommendations on when it's time to shop around and when it's time to stay put. If it's been a while since you've shopped around, we're here to help. Click the link in the description box below where you can connect with us today via phone, email, or chat. And if you're listening, please visit us online at Aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S, malpractice.com. And don't forget that our mailbag link is now live on our website. So if you have a question that you'd like me to answer here on the podcast, Check out the link below where you can drop us a line and ask your question. Or schedule a quick 10-minute phone call for a personal consultation to discuss your unique insurance needs. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.